Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. All right, Sharon, good afternoon, good morning. Well, it's morning where you are at it's after no you are, you are totally after. confused i don't here. even know where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're trying something new today we're switching it up oh yes yeah so sharon is actually not in the studio with me today she, I know you miss me, don't you? I do miss you, but I can see you, which makes it all better. But it is kind of odd being in here by myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so Sharon is on location in Arizona, and I am stuck here in North Carolina. So how's the weather out there? Oh, it's nice. It's a little overcast. Sitting here looking out over the pool and the cactus outside. So nice. we're nice. having a good time. Well, good, good. Well, we have uh, another special episode, and this episode actually came about, I think, from one of our uh, folks on Facebook who follow us, and we got a message from someone, and she wanted us to do a podcast of how to uh, how to become a state president. Yeah, so we're going to call this the road to the state presidency. I like that, the road to the and, state presidency. And who else to do this with but my friends, the Fab Four, well, that's what we call ourselves. So I am here in Arizona with Jackie Rawls and Tracy Castleman and Carol Deutscher. Jackie was president of the Indiana Association, and Tracy was president of the New Jersey Association, and Carol was president of the South Dakota Association, and I was president of the North Carolina Association. That's a lot of presidents in one place. Are you sure you guys should be together? <laughs> a lot of queens in one place. making his problem. Yes, it is. Oh. So we're here on our girls' weekend that we do once a year and thought we would just bring everybody in, I mean, and talk about how we each became state president and 
give a roadmap, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I think this is this is great. And I think there's probably a lot of CRNAs out there that want to go down this path that might not know how to get started. And you guys have obviously already done it. And today we're going to talk about how to. So Sharon, you know, why don't you just kick us off real quick and, and let us know, you know, what, what might be the first step or the first thing that you think would be important in someone who might show some interest in leadership? Well, number one, you've got to be present to win. You've got to show up. And that means going to your state meetings, going to regional meetings within your state, and going to AA meetings and finding leaders. I started out going, I mean, that's how I met these fine ladies. We're all by showing up at meetings and they became my de facto mentors as such. I'll never forget when I met Carol Deutscher, I was standing in the exhibit hall in 1998, I believe it was, in Tennessee, and Carol walks up to me, and she had watched me and said, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're going to be president of this association one day, and that was my first introduction to Carol. Wow. <laughs> Carol, are you a psychic? <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, Jeremy, okay. but I can tell you that one of the things I enjoy doing is looking what I see people's kind of preeminent skill set and how can we maximize that to the greater good of whatever it is, such as an organization like ours. And Sharon's impressed me with her public relations project. And I thought this is the kind of thing we need to showcase what it is we do to the world within our organization as well as our patients. And so I thought I've got to let her know this and encourage this sort of leadership potential. Absolutely. And that was the best kept secret, right? That's it. <laughs> so Carol, while, while we're on this, you know, what else would you say is, is a trait for someone looking to become president of, of a state? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing I see is that you kind of do a surveillance or a survey of the landscape and you pick, choose wisely a mentor. Who is somebody that you want to emulate, that you want to really follow in the footsteps of and say, I can do this too, and I'm going to learn from this person who has been there before me what it is it takes so that together, you know, we can move things forward and enhance what it is that is good about our organization. So I think it's picking wisely a mentor that can help you get to the level that you desire to forward the issues of the organization. You know, while we're talking about mentorship, Tracy, why don't you jump in on this? Because you are the original creator of the mentorship program within the AANA. Well, thank you, Sharon. I was one of the original growers, and I apologize for my voice. I have cold. But I think also with what Carol's saying, that mentorship is important. But I think you need to remember the road seems very long, and it starts with the first step. So Really, it's a slow building of skills, and a mentor will help you introduce you to some people. They will introduce you to the climate and the milieu of the, of the organization. But the first thing you want to do is show up and sit down and listen. I think that's important also, is you need to listen to what's going on around. And don't be afraid to ask questions, and don't be afraid to make mistakes I think you have to just kind of give yourself time to grow into the role. And that's something a mentor will help you do as well. I know I didn't answer much about the mentoring program. Um, I'm trying to think more about when I first got involved in the board, how overwhelming it seemed. 
in the beginning. And as nurses and nurse anesthetists, we don't like to be overwhelmed. We like to step into a role and be an expert, but give yourself time to learn how to lead and how to be a president. And again, I will go back again. I know we keep saying the mentor. The mentor is really important for introductions and for role modeling. And for having a core of people you can bounce ideas off of. I mean, we four have been around the table till 2.30 this morning talking about different issues and things. And everybody's led different organizations. I mean, we've got Jackie Rolls right here, who's president of the International Federation Mm -hmm. of Nurse Anesthetists. So, Jackie, what are some things that advice that you would give to people who want to rise to the presidency? One of the biggest things for me was the fact that it's hard to not want to do it all yourself or feel like it's all your responsibility and you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, especially when you need to make some changes that are difficult. So I think people need to be able to communicate openly, honestly, respectfully, and share the load. You have to share that load and you can't do it unless you help build some other people because oftentimes there isn't someone else really with that full skill set ready to go right then. You have to invest time in building the leaders around you and that's how you get to your goals is as a team and it does require open communication, consistent communication, honest communication and you need to Make sure you're rounded in your skill set. And if finance isn't your thing, then you find somebody that is a finance expert because we all know that we're only as strong as that weakest link and we have to include other people. But I do think it's hard for leaders because all of us and nurses are very bad about the fact we see something, we want to fix it, we want to fix it now, we jump in and do it or we try to jump in and do it. And that's not always the best resolution at that time. So, Jackie, I'm a young CRNA. You know, I've been out of school a year or two, and I decide that I want to get involved. What mm-hmm. would you suggest that first step be for me? I think you you first got to go to a meeting. Go to your okay. state meeting. Start with what you can do and locally. It's less money. It's easier to get off. Go to go to that state meeting. Watch, observe, find a mentor. Look at who was there, who you respect, what they said, how they behave, how they dress, things about them. Go and ask someone, will you mentor me? I want to be involved. If I could add to that, Jeremy, I think also, if you're really interested, at the end of the meeting or at the break, you go up to the state president and you introduce yourself. Hi, I am Tracy Castleman. I'm a new nurse anesthetist, or I'm new in your state. I'm interested in learning more. How can I help? And they're not going to put you on the head of the government relations committee, they're going, they may perhaps find you a mentor or put you on a committee where you can start learning. I'm laughing at Tracy because that's not always true. Just teasing my story in Indiana, we had 104 people in our state in 1994. I went to my first state meeting in October. I was a new grad for six months and I came out as secretary (laughs) and was told by the maybe there's maybe 18 people there And the state president, when I introduced myself, said, oh, great, you'll be state president soon because everybody has to take their turn in our state. (laughs) A little different than big states. Well, yeah, and I don't don't think if you went to someone who was the president or leadership in a state association and said, I want to help, I can't imagine them saying no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, again, I I would think that would be a good way to get involved and and so forth. And why don't we talk a little bit about 
character traits of CRNA leaders? Because I think, you know, I, I know the four of you and um, I know a lot of the state leaders and ANA presidents and so forth. And there is a certain character trait. And why don't we talk a little bit about that? Okay, ladies. They're all looking at each other around the room. I've never known you to be speechless. For all of us not to say anything. Um, Well, I have an excuse. I don't have much of a voice. We'll let Tracy slide. Well, you know, what's interesting is the four of us, we liken ourselves to the birds flying. Each of us will take a roll in the front until we get tired. We'll drop to the back and another one will mm. jump in. So right then we didn't know who was at the top of the V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some of the leaders, you've got to demonstrate leadership. You've got to be willing to raise your hand. And Sandy said something, Sandy Marie Let on one of our other podcasts said that she always said yes when asked because she always got more than she gave. Mm. So you've got to be willing to raise your hand for one thing. Ladies? I would say that it's really important to seek input and to really share your opinion and then say, you know, what do you think? How do you think this looks for our future? I think one of the hallmarks of leadership is if everybody's thinking alike, nobody's thinking. So how do we incorporate those who think different from us? And how do we say, let's, you know, build consensus here because spirited debate does not preclude consensus. So I'm a big believer in good debate. And at the end of the day, you say, you know, let's look together now how we can mend some fences and build consensus. And I I think it's a really, really important leadership role. And I think sometimes as leaders, we're afraid to listen more. We want to talk more. And I think it's so important to say, tell me what you're thinking. And I always say to my students in my leadership class, the person who plays the best devil's advocate gets the biggest A. And let Mm. me tell you, it's a little wildfire in there because (laughs) I get them going. And it's a lot of fun because at the end of the day, I then will say, you know what? I think I might change my mind on this. So it's a good thing to incorporate that sort of debate in a healthy fashion. I think also to be a good leader, you have to uh, recognize your own strengths and weaknesses and be willing to accept that. And also to be willing to accept that your vision might not be the perfect vision going on with what Carol says. You have to allow other people to talk. And I think what's important when you become president is you realize you're more of a facilitator at that point and you're guiding the board to consensus and guiding your association to consensus, not charging them into your vision, but helping the board determine what the vision is for the association. Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I agree. And I, one thing further is I believe that you should go in without your mind made up. And that is not the case with a lot of people. They already have an opinion. They expect everybody to support their opinion or the other people are crazy or ill-informed or, Whatever you want to say, there's a lot of judgments made and you can't at that level. You have got to be open minded, inclusive, and you have to listen. And as Carol said, your mind or your opinion when you walked in even may be swayed in a little bit and be be willing to take some risks because you're not going to be popular in leadership. You have to do things that can't please everyone. And you can't take that and say, well, now I'm not going to take a risk and I'm not going to stay what I think's best. And I'm not going to try taking chances to make things better because I'm afraid I'm going to fail or someone's not going to like me. Just get over it. It is not a popularity contest. 
I think one other thing that we're talking about leading the association, I think it's very important when you're in that leadership role to identify other people to help move up the chain. Somebody has to come Mm -hmm. in behind you and you have to be willing to be that mentor and you need to be able to scan the environment and find that person who might need a lift and make sure you lift them. Well, you need to be training your replacement. Yes. And a lot of people have a hard time. They think they are the only one that can do that job. Mm-hmm. And you need to be identifying those people throughout your organization. And like Jackie said, push them forward. Yeah. Sharon, I can't imagine that CRNAs would want to be in control and maybe think their ideas are better than somebody else's. You know, I just really can't imagine. But but it is something that I do notice, even about you, Sharon, as I've known you throughout the years. I've never known a time for you to be closed-minded and shut someone's ideas down. And I think that's one of the things that I find impressive of you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a compliment here. Oh, my is that God. You always, <laughs> you know, you always are open-minded about stuff. And I just know you, and I'm sure all four of you are, but I just know Sharon a little bit better. So, But being open-minded, I think, and, and like I think Tracy said, you know, not making up your mind before you walk into the room. But along with this, I think the other things that need to be addressed is there is somewhat of a sacrifice when you're – president and a leader. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I think that you have to give up a lot. But again, going back to what Sandy said, you always get more than you have given. We were talking about this this morning before we got on and Tracy was talking about one particular night when she was state president, she didn't get to go to her son's football game where the parents come the in. The senior football game, although that might scare people off. Yeah, well, <laughs> I understand, but it is definitely a sacrifice, and you do have to make sure that you have the bandwidth in your life for that year, let's say, or two years, the commitment to say, I know I will be sacrificing. I know I will be giving more time to the association and be comfortable with that. You need to be ready to take take on that that role. Well, on the flip side of that is whenever it's not you in that spot, know that the person who is in that spot and the sacrifice that they, what they are giving up. And I think sometimes within organizations, people who are on the outside are quick to judge. And because they've not sat in that seat, they're quarterbacking and they don't understand what the sacrifice is. And so even being supportive of the person who is in that role. What I would add to that, uh, Jeremy, is it's what I call sacrifice enrichment. The one thing I've learned about any sort of sacrifice in my life is that there's an enrichment piece, which is really hard to put into words because in our industry, it becomes relationships like we are sitting here with four people from four different parts of the country and states that develop both personally and professionally. And the growth potential for you at the end of the day when you lay your head on that pillow is amazing. And it's an enrichment process. I think that's good. So we've got, you know, go to meetings, find a mentor, know your skill set, know your bandwidth, you know, I also, and I kind of want to get back to this as we kind of touched on it was, you know, what resources do we have at the ANA level? And are there specific meetings that the ANA can kind of foster this for member CRNAs as well? 
So we actually feel it's very important for anyone that wants to be a leader, not even just state president, to go to the AANA Mid-Year Assembly. I think it's important for all students. We talk about that as being the eye-opening experience. You see the leaders of the organization there. You get to listen to speeches for people that are running for the board. You go to the Hill and you lobby for anesthesia issues, nursing issues with your state representatives and your congressmen, women, and it's totally the most exhilarating, exciting, and motivating meeting that you can go to. You feel that you're making a difference and the power is amazing there. Mm -hmm. You come home and you're motivated for months. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the really, really big meetings. And then AANA has offered a fall meeting that sort of had different uh, purposes over the years, and it's a leadership summit now. So training for leaders, really geared toward helping our president-elects, our state presidents, but also anyone else that wants to move into that role. And that's highly, highly valuable to attend. Yeah, and I know some states also offer leadership training, Sharon. I think North Carolina does. Does Indiana offer anything? No, okay. we okay. will we'll bring in speakers on okay. that. But as far as the state, we don't have the, our own bandwidth to be able to support separate training. We've done some things through the AANA where the AANA offers media uh, training, let's say, and we'll take it to the state. So you can still rely on the AANA for help with that. And the AANA will suggest certain speakers if you call and ask and say, look, I need an expert in this area. And maybe it's negotiation or it's contracting things like that. And we really do need to rely on the resources of the AANA because it's already tried and proven for us. So you can also talk to other states that have North Carolina's one, Ohio by me has been around forever, large state, very successful. You can reach out across the borders and oftentimes you have CRNAs from other states or students even coming to your state meeting. And those networking opportunities are wonderful. And there's no reason for anybody in the country to have to create something from scratch right now that is pertinent to what we're doing because somebody has it already. So reach out, network, share resources, share your resources with others. And that builds really the whole strong network we have. And by and large, CRNAs are are willing to share that information. You know, one of the benefits of being a speaker and going all over the country, it helps me and my leadership to realize what everybody else is doing. North Carolina is very progressive, but we didn't have all the answers and we didn't have the best way to do everything. So I may pick up pieces from every single state that I go to. So you can reach out to these leaders and they're more than willing to talk to you, just like Jackie said, because it's kind of a all for one and one for all. We're all going down the same path. Yeah. Well, we've mentioned mid-year and, you know, I've been to mid-year quite a few years and, you know, in at mid-year there, there's a legislative component, obviously, because you're going to lobby and so forth. There's training around that. And, you know, when you're a state president, I imagine that most of the time you're dealing with some legislative issues at the state level. How do you prepare and get ready for that outside of mid-year? I mean, you know, I hear a lot of CRNAs say, well, you know, I don't like the political side of this. But unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast, especially if you're at a leadership level. So why don't we start with Tracy, if that's okay, and then we'll kind of go around the room and see if anybody else wants to add. So that's a terrific question. 
So in our state, in New Jersey, we happen to be blessed because we have somebody who's very GRC focused. He loves, Nick Blank loves doing government relations. So Nick stays on top of everything for us and drives our agenda. And as state president, my job was to support him and his efforts. We stayed in contact regularly. He would come and say, is this okay? We would have regular discussions, he, myself, and the um, lobbyist. But I recognized that he had a skill that I did not. So I was in no way, shape, or form going to tell him what to do. I think that's also being a good leader is allowing others to rise along with you and succeed. But I think it's it's not a one-time conversation. It's not just a mid-year assembly. You're constantly evaluating who's in your legislature, what's uh, what has gone on in the previous session, what do you hope to achieve in this current session? Is it a relationship building year? Is it you're going to move legislation? Are you going to defend yourself in legislation? So it's an ongoing conversation with your lobbyist, with your board. And if you're blessed to have a Nick Blank, <laughs> shout out to Nick there. Well, that's that's really good, Tracy. And I think you know you made several points. One that I just picked up on was you're not doing this by yourself, number one. So don't be so intimidated by it. You've got folks around you that are going to be able to help. And every state has a lobbyist, I think, and they're also there to help. And so, Carol, let's talk a little bit from your perspective about this because I know. South Dakota is obviously different than North Carolina and New Jersey and Indiana, but let me hear a little bit from you about this as well. Well, as you know, you know, pulling from a small state, as Jackie mentioned, versus a large state, obviously the pool's different, right? And having been in a small state and now a large state back home in Minnesota, there's a big difference on what you can pull from from leadership, just it's a numbers game. How many people can you get interested in doing the do, as a former executive <laughs> would have said, John Gard? But really, what I look at outside of the mid-year assembly when you ask that question, which is a very good question, I love your insight into this. Between Sharon and your wife, you've learned a lot, I can tell. (laughs) They've trained me well, is what you're saying, Carol. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. (laughs) But anyway, what we have tried to do and what we are hearing from the membership again, and I think it is so important as leaders at the ANA to have an engaged membership. And what I mean by that is our state leaders need to have some sort of, um, they're asking for more of returning the fall leadership summit to those particular leadership roles in the states. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for our small states that that's important. How do we create an infrastructure of leadership that has a different kind of bandwidth, right? Something that is lasting, you know, versus up and down, you know, the peaks and valleys. So I think we do that with listening to the membership and saying, hey, we want to go back to something the ANA did that they felt was really good, which was leadership training for a treasurer, state president, president at the fall assembly, it used to be former fall assembly. And so I think we're looking, how do you refashion, recalibrate that sort of thing for new state leadership, given what our issues are going forward? Yeah, I think that's good. Well, you know, there's another thing is that, I mean, tagging on what Carol just said and the new AANA, hashtag new AANA, you wonder if it they will be able to leverage technology that we have available. Right now, I can see you, Jeremy. I'm sitting in Arizona. You're in North Carolina. Is there a way that the association can leverage the technology to be able to do the same thing that we used to have to go to a meeting for? Right. Good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, we've experienced some of that, Sharon, with the podcasts and so forth, and now they've got the online CE with the videos. So I think the A&A is embracing a lot of this. But well, they embraced us, so. Well, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to embrace you and I, Sharon? I mean, come on, you know. Um, <laughs> Jackie, what are your thoughts? Really, again, I turn back to the teamwork aspect, and especially in a small state where you don't have the numbers of people to get out and keep up with all the legislative issues, you've got to find a good lobbyist. Right. And you, right now, with technology, we get reports of what bills are being heard and when and summaries. And we also work with the Indiana State Nursing Association and their lobbyist. And that person sends us anything they see that is going to affect our practice or advanced practice nursing. So you worked in tandem with people. And when you do that together, you can stay on top of those things. And then we have to scramble a lot of times. We had a bill last week on working with podiatrists in our state. And of course we found out less than 24 hours before that we need to have somebody there to testify. So it was a mad scramble, a lot of phone calls at night to coach the person who had not testified before, but that's who could go. And you do what you do to make it work and you're only successful because you have a lot of people to help you with. Yeah. I think that's good. We got, we'll try to wrap this up in a couple more questions here, but one of the ones that, you know, I think our, our listeners might be really interested in is what exactly is it that as president of a state, what do you do? Well, I'll start with that. And it's kind of not what you think it is. Tracy alluded to it just a little while ago and it's not, your vision that you're trying to push forward because you're the de facto head of the association. It is gathering consensus because you've got a full board. And I know at the AANA level, the president doesn't even get a vote unless it's in a tie-breaking situation. And so you're just trying to build that consensus and pull everybody together. And leading CRNAs is not easy business because we are all very strong-minded, uh, type A, opinionated people. No, and no. to get everybody on the same page, and that really takes a skill set that's got to be worked at. Absolutely. Um, so it's not what you might think it is. Some people might think, well, I'm going to be president because I have this vision for this association. And sometimes the member's vision is different than what your vision is. But as their president, you have to carry the member's vision forward. Yeah. So sometimes it's not what you think it is. Yeah. yeah. Anybody want to add just anything? Tracy touched on it earlier, and it really becomes this role of advocacy and facilitator, you know, of priority issues, right? And so you have to really, as a team, decide what your priority issues are. And I always go with the trifecta, pick the top three, because there can be 10 if you want to go wild. But you really have to get down to something that's workable, right? So that's the bottom line is how do we create something workable for our group? And then how do we facilitate this forward? Good point, Carol. I'd like to throw in the fact that when I'm mentoring someone and they're talking about taking on a big leadership role, I say, and Carol and I talked about this yesterday, your in is one. You are an in of one. Your opinion is a party of one. Yep. And your job is to get all the information and differing views together so that the best decision can be made. And the other thing I love, John Gard would say, behave. <laughs> <laughs> be a professional. Yes. Really, be a professional. 
that's the big thing to me because when you're in a leadership position, people are watching you. And it's not just nurse anesthetists, it's everyone that we come in contact with and you can give a bad impression very quickly for the whole profession. So you really need to be a role model and a leader. And it isn't ever what you think it is because we have different issues that pop up at different times. And your whole year can be derailed by something. And now that's the focus because it's the priority. So you have to be very flexible, which typically we do well. That's how anesthesia is. Yes. Yeah. Got to be able to adapt. And I think the other thing you said, Jackie, in layman's terms there is you got to know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to summarize what I heard from these three brilliant women. I think you need to be nimble because what you, like Sharon said, and Jackie said, and Carol said, what you think you're coming into might not be the crisis that you've been handed. So you need to be open and you need to be nimble and you need to be able to prioritize. And in the professionalism, I think you have to be uber professional. You have to be like my Southern girlfriend, Sharon Pierce. And you need to be, you need to be gentle in your approach. You don't always have to have your elbows out like us girls from New York and New Jersey. Um, And you, again, you need to know your audience, but you need to be very professional. You need to be the face of the organization. And that's really what you are as the president. You have to be the face of the association. And you have to decide how you want your association to look the year that you are president. And hopefully you want it to look very classy, very smart, very professional, and cutting edge. And you want to be able to be, you want to let your members know that you are prepared to do the job that they need you to do. Well, I've just got one more question. Sharon, do you have any questions for yourself? <laughs> no. Okay, good, good. Um, you do such an excellent job, Jeremy. Oh, thank you, Sharon. It is a new year. We're both giving each other compliments now. Oh. <laughs> you just wait until next week when we're taping six hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be not giving compliments by the end for sure. Um, you know, I guess the one question, and, and Sharon, you said this earlier, Sandy said you get more than you give. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we kind of conclude here, I'd love to hear from each one of you what you think you got from taking a leadership role, maybe at the estate association level, maybe even at the ANA level, but but just becoming a leader, what do you think you got from that? Sharon, why don't we start with you? I wanted to bring up the rear. Oh, well, you but... can do that. All right, you can be the rear. You caboose. No, I will start. <laughs> I'm sitting right in the middle of what I got with these three ladies, because I tell people all the time, I'm the stupidest one in the room whenever I'm with them, because they are so brilliant. And I would never, never have met these ladies if it would not have been for the AANA. We can't even hardly remember a time when we were not together. And we don't even know how we really found each other and come together as a group. We all have little snippets, but each of these ladies have contributed to me as a person and to me as a leader. And whenever I would find myself in, in situations that I didn't have all the answers to, I would just pick up the phone and talk to each of them or whoever's expertise I needed at that particular time. You know, I also had Linda Williams, the past president of AANA, as a mentor, and I would call her, but 
And none of these people would be in my life. And they have so enriched me in so many ways. I mean, I, there's not even enough words for it. So that's what I have gained from this. Great. And I certainly wouldn't be at Yale <laughs> if it would have been for these ladies influencing my life. Yeah. Well, for me, besides friendship, which is very obvious here, you get skills, skills that you'll use in other parts of your life. You learn. So let's say whether you're in a leadership course with the AANA, you've been to a lecture, you heard you're in media training. All of a sudden you find yourself utilizing those skills in your negotiations at the hospital and the committees that you're on to engage people, to calm things down. There's just a lot that you learn to make you a better person in life and better deal with things in life. Sometimes you use some of those same skills on your crazy, crazy family members. <laughs> Don't tell my sisters, <laughs> but you do. So you really do get more than you give. You get a sense of pride and you also get a sense of giving back to a profession that has given you so much. Yeah. Great. That's great. Tracy. There, I think you learn about strengths. You did not realize that you had, and you learn to accept your weaknesses, not necessarily as a weakness, and you learn how to fill those gaps, I guess, of the weakness on your board. You find other people who can shore you up. But I think for me, other than the friendship part, which has really been paramount and which is, keeps me coming back, is all the fabulous people I've met, is realizing that I have a lot more to give than I realized. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot more substance than I realized. And also, as Sharon touched upon, I have greater appreciation for the person who is leading now or in charge whether it's at work, whether it's the state association, the national association. And I try to look at things through a different lens now and not just my own myopic lens, but a broader view. All right, Carol. It turns out that I am bringing up the rear, as Sharon would say. <laughs> and I always like to speak in trifectas. So I'd say three things. Enrichment, as I mentioned earlier, enhancement and advocacy and I think at the end of the day, each one of us sitting here as leaders in some way, shape or form has learned that at the end of the day, it's about what we've done to make our patients' lives better, right, mm -hmm. um, as a professional. So we have grown substantially professionally as a result of our exposure to the leadership role and our patients benefit from that. And, you know, by nature, we're all caregivers, right? We say caretakers, but I like the word caregiver better because it's about giving. And when you do lay your head on the end of that pillow, at the end of the day, you can say, you know, my patients have benefited because I have enhanced, enriched, and advocated professionally. And um, the outcome shows. I love it. Carol, can I come take your class one day? <laughs> yeah. Sure We're you can. Sure you can. Well, you know what? I, I'm just sitting here thinking that, you know, listening to this, we've kind of talked about, you know, how someone could become involved. Maybe uh, maybe a follow-up to this might be, I'm here, now what? What do you think, Sharon? Oh, I think that's an excellent idea. How about, ladies, are you going to all be at Mid-Year Assembly yes, in yes. D.C.? Yes. Yep. Well, Jeremy, we'll be taping at Mid-Year at our favorite meeting. So, yeah. ladies, how about... Now I'm here. Now what? I like it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that leads right into another another episode. Well, um, you know, we want to thank you, Jackie, Tracy. Thank you, especially uh, getting over a, 
a cold and being there with us. And Carol, as always, thank you. And Sharon, thank you for your input on this and uh, your brainchild behind this. And we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond oh, the Mask. Back up. I think that was Lisa from Michigan. And that, that's who prompted us to do this. So shout out to Lisa from Michigan. Well, that's a good point. You're, but it was your brainchild to do it where you're at right now. So oh. He's doing the do, Jeremy, as are you. <laughs> yes, and we want to thank Lisa from Michigan. We'll give her a shout out. Thanks, Sharon, for reminding me about that. So we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to hear more, check us out on iHeart, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review, but only if it's oh, positive. That's right. <laughs> Until next time. It's a wrap. Hi, everybody. This is Jeremy. Remember back in episode 45 when my co-hosts Sharon Pierce and Kimberly Gordon talked about the candidate school for nurses that they're piloting at Yale for May of 2020. The application process opened on January 1st. If you're a nurse or a nurse anesthetist and interested in running for elected office or even if you're interested in managing another nurse's campaign, you will not want to miss this opportunity. As the first candidate school for nurses in the country, you will want to be in the inaugural class. Just go to the Yale Nursing website and search Candidate School for Nurses and apply today. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode 
to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA history series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA personal finance series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.